Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Monday, May 1st. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from the WFUV newsroom. I'm Isabel Danzis. And I'm David Escobar. And here are today's headlines. New York City closed out April in a weekend of massive downpour, as most of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday were spent under a flood warning. Central Park recorded a little over five inches of rain, just from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which is more than the park saw over the entire month. And the rain brought floods that caused major issues around the city. Highways were closed, including the Long Island Expressway and the Cross Island Parkway in Queens. Apartment buildings across the city saw floods too, forcing residents to spend the weekend mopping and scooping water out of basements and living spaces. And in the Bronx, residents of an apartment building in Fordham Heights were evacuated after the building started to crumble. Light showers are predicted for Monday and Tuesday, but the rest of the week looks like clear skies. New York City is taking an unconventional approach to help put the brakes on car theft. The city and the Association for a Better New York are teaming up. They will distribute Apple AirTags to New Yorkers who are most at risk for car theft. The idea is for New Yorkers to put AirTags in their car to track its whereabouts if it gets stolen. Hondas and Kias are some of the most at risk. Almost a thousand of them have been stolen so far in 2023, which is almost four times the amount last year. That rise is likely due to a technology glitch discovered by TikTok users. There's been a growing trend of videos on social media platforms showing how to hotwire vehicles with just a USB cord and a screwdriver. Mayor Adams says ultimately there's a bigger problem at hand. The aggravating number of grand larceny order continues to drive up uh, our crime in the city. and it, give, it gives the false sense that we're not moving in the right directions when we are. The hope is that the AirTag initiative will help the NYPD locate stolen vehicles more quickly. Today, we're joined by WFUV's Emma Murphy, who's here to tell us about the big comeback of vinyl records among music listeners. So, Emma, how popular are these records right now? They're pretty popular. Vinyl sales are actually increasing, even though we still listen to most of our music on streaming services. The industry gets 85% of its money from services like Spotify and Apple Music. But in 2022, vinyl record sales made double the revenue they did in 2019. The thing is, according to a study done by Illuminate, only half the people buying vinyl records actually have a record player to play them on. So Emma, why are all these people still buying records? Well, David, some people buy them as gifts, but apparently many people are buying them to prove their status as a music superfan. They use the records as decorations or buy them to just support their favorite artists. It's a part of a larger music community culture. I bet Taylor Swift's making a killing from her Swifties right now. Yeah, totally. In 2022, she was responsible for one in every 25 records sold in the U.S. That sounds about right. And thanks, Emma. Tonight is a big night for fashion and art lovers. That's right. Tonight, stars will flock to the Metropolitan Museum of Art for the annual Met Gala. The night is usually known for fashion, celebrities, and art. But this year, the gala is plagued by two controversies. The first comes from the gala theme. It's Carl Lagerfeld, A Line of Beauty. The theme celebrates a new exhibit that honors the late designer, but many think he should not be remembered in this way. Lagerfeld created designs for brands like Chanel and Fendi as well as his own before he died in 2019. 
And while he was known for his achievements in the fashion industry, he was also known for his persona and celebrity status. But he was seen by some as problematic. He was known for being misogynistic, anti-Semitic, and for creating a hostile and unwelcoming work environment. In addition to these issues, many models are using the Met Gala as an opportunity to voice complaints about the fashion industry and advocate for the Fashion Workers Act. According to people in the fashion industry, right now, models and others in New York lack basic protections like clear contracts and secure wages. They also claim that sexual abuse is common within the industry and starvation is encouraged. The new bill would create commission caps, mandate clear contracts, and ban abuse in the industry. Opponents to the bill argue that models function basically as independent contractors, making them responsible for their own working conditions. Despite both controversies, the show must go on. It'll be streamed tonight at 6.30. Two historic sport Game 7s wrapped up this weekend, but they'll go down in the history books for two very different reasons. It's true, Isabel. So first off, the NHL's Boston Bruins pulled ahead of the Florida Panthers 3-1 in a best-of-seven series. The Bruins, who were coming off the best record in NHL history, were heavy favorites to take the Stanley Cup this year. But last night, the Bruins got bounced from the playoffs altogether after the Panthers clawed their way back into the series to force a Game 7. But the Game 7 woes didn't stop in Boston. That's right, Isabel. The Sacramento Kings were also eliminated from playoff contention last night after one of the biggest single-season turnarounds in NBA history. The Kings faced the Golden State Warriors in the first round of the NBA playoffs, taking the first two in a best-of-seven series. But Sacramento's inexperience showed in the latter half of the series, as the Warriors won four out of the last five games. The series was capped off by a record-breaking 50-point game from Steph Curry, which makes him the highest-scoring player ever in a Game 7. And on this day in music history, Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars squash their beef with the Gap Band. That's because the Gap Band claimed the duo's song, Uptown Funk, sounded a lot like their 1979 track, Oops Upside Your Head. So to settle the lawsuit, Ronson and Mars gave the Gap Band songwriting credit on Uptown Funk meaning the band will get a cut of its future royalties. The New York City Council is considering a new bill that would prevent appearance-based discrimination. So, WFUV's Maya Sargent spoke to New Yorkers, healthcare professionals, and advocates to get the story. Did you know that weight-based discrimination is still legal in 49 states? Michigan is the only area that has statewide legislation in place to protect people who have faced this type of discrimination. There's protection in a handful of cities like San Francisco and Madison, but not New York. Local activists and lawmakers are trying to change this reality. Intro 0209 is currently being considered by the New York City Council. That's the bill that would ban appearance-based discrimination. Council member of District 27, Natasha Williams, is the co-chair of this bill. Over email, she said this legislation is important to create a more just and equitable society. But beyond implementing legal protection, I sat down with various advocates who explain why legislation is only one part of the puzzle. Tigris Osborne is the chair of the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance, more commonly known as NAFA, 
she says there are too many incorrect assumptions about fat people. Is the idea that fat people are fat because we are lazy. Osborne says people have misjudged fat bodies for years. There's this pervasive idea that that fat represents something other than just it is fat, right? So it must represent something about the way you eat. It must represent something about the way you exercise. It must represent something about the way you are or the kind of person you are. Osborne says anti-fatness has become so intrinsically woven into society. It surfaced untrue stereotypes about fat bodies. But Osborne says if you take a step back, you'll find they are completely untrue. If you just hit pause on that narrative and look at the world around you, you can see people of all body sizes and all body shapes who are all of those things, right? Osborne's work at NAFA is working to improve legislative protections for fat people and diminish assumptions. However, Osborne says they're not the only factors that need to change. She wants there to be more consideration about the physical needs of fat bodies. Tracy Cox, a freelance opera singer currently on contract with the Metropolitan Opera, agrees. She says in the last 30 years, changes in her workplace environment have been impacted by appearance-based discrimination. Casting has shifted towards casting for the camera rather than casting for the voice. That's because many operas are now streamed on an HD broadcast. These changes have incited weight-based discrimination, which makes performers question their body type. There is an incredible amount of pressure and stigma and discrimination when it comes to what kind of body is allowed on stage across the country, across the world. Cox says there was a time when she tried to change her body to fit these ideals. In an industry that has such a large emphasis on appearance, she says these can be extremely detrimental to the health of fat people that feel like they need to fit in. And these consequences affect far more than just the performing arts industry. Eating disorder clinician Rebecca Eyre says weight-based discrimination has found its way into the healthcare and eating disorder industry. She says there are certain qualifications required to receive medical support for eating disorders. Well, you can see in insurance authorization practices that it's really, really difficult to get insurance to cover eating disorder treatment unless you're underweight. She says this is a huge problem, as less than 6% of people with an eating disorder are medically underweight. So that's 94% of people with eating disorders who don't, quote unquote, look like they have an eating disorder. Eyre says that there is such a pervasive connection between weight and health in society that warps so many opinions including professionals. It's very common for folks who are higher weight to have doctors and nurses automatically assume that whatever their ailments are, whatever their presenting problem is that day, would be helped if they would just lose weight. She says these conditions are often completely unrelated. We're talking about sore throats, right? We're talking about endometriosis. We're talking about things that have absolutely nothing to do with weight, and they're still told by their doctors that they need to lose weight. And she says this dependency on weight as an indicator of health has wide-reaching consequences for people trying to fund important treatments. Transgender folks who are looking for gender-affirming care have to be, there's certain BMI requirements for those things, so totally unrelated issues. Advocates say that the effects of weight-based discrimination can be felt in almost every sector. This is just one of the reasons why the proposed bill is so important. Intro 0209 is now being considered by the New York City Council. If the legislation receives a majority vote, 
it will be passed to Mayor Adams for a final decision. And while the passage of this bill will be a huge success for New Yorkers, advocates say they will keep fighting until every person receives the same protections. With WFUV News, I'm Maya Sargent. That was WFUV's Maya Sargent talking about a new bill in the city council that would combat appearance-based discrimination. And that's our show for today. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Isabel Danzis. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.